Louie, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, I got a question for you. John, what's that? Who are you going to call? Uh, don't know. It depends how I feel. <laughs> Ghostbusters! <laughs> I was going to say, that's like an anti you got filled. Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's like Phil not going yeah. with the bit. Yeah, what do you mean? I mean, if I want pizza, I'm probably going to call a pizza place. Uh, uh, I guess that's true. If you, there's an emergency, you know, if it's a fire, I'll call a fire, fire brigade, or, you know, if it's... Now, yeah. now we're getting filled. Or maybe maybe if there's about. a crime, I'll call a police. Uh, but if, for sorts. example, there was a free-floating spirit or vapor or some other sort of ghost, then who would you, who would you call? Well, I'd probably consult Tobin's spirit guide, first of all, just to see if I could determine exactly what that apparition was. But maybe if there's nothing I could do... Uh, using uh, you know my limited capabilities, I might I could light some incense, you know, put some holy symbols up. If that doesn't work, I'd probably call uh, an organization I've seen advertised called Ghostbusters. See, that's a good. I would actually call the Winchester Brothers from Supernatural, but yeah, um, they're they're very effective. But yes, the Ghostbusters would be a good choice, which is a very roundabout way of getting us around to the idea of this episode isn't really about the Ghostbusters, but it is our top five movie ghosts. Ah. I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, so it's our top five movie ghosts. This should be a fun one. Yes, yes. There's a there's many ghosts out there. there there's a lot, actually. Yeah, when yeah. we're looking at the list. In films, in films. Yeah, right, right, exactly. A real ghost sets up to you, but as far as as far as films go, there's a lot. Um, as we've explained recently, this is another in a series of mini episodes, and it is Halloween or horror themed because we're in the month of October when this episode is airing. Um, we will have regular episodes again soon, but we got a lot going on right now, so. Um, we're doing some mini episodes to keep your ears freshly potted, if you will. Yeah, I'll maybe give you some ideas of uh, films you can watch during the spooky month of October. That's right. I know a lot of people kind of do like a 30 horror movies in 30 days starting October 1st leading up to, you know, Halloween. Obviously, by the time this one airs, it'll be halfway through the month. But you might still get some good ideas for films you haven't seen or want to rewatch. Yeah, that's correct. Um, but uh, just as we're doing ghosts, though, and we, we have said there's many ghosts, we sort of gave ourselves a little kind of... Uh, the word caveat is that the word yeah yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. a little caveat where we've decided not to go with ones which are basically totally just normal looking human kind of ones yeah yeah because i thought about you know like i was like oh patrick swayze from ghost that would be a fun choice and then i was like oh and bruce willis in the sixth sense spoiler uh and i was like yeah this is gonna be a really boring list and it's just a bunch of like white dudes whoa you know? whoa, whoa what the what the hell what bruce willis oh my <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, from that movie uh, Die Hard 5. That's that's the one, because he's a ghost of his former self in a terrible movie. Yeah, watch it again, but he's a ghost. That'd be interesting. Right, 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 that would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, so kind of more creature-based ghosts, or at least some ghosts with some, I should say, ghosts with some sort of visual flair to them, not just like a mopey dude walking around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah. like there's Topper from the old Cary Grant movies, all these great movie ghosts. There might be a separate list, you know, but they're all just kind of people. Yeah, so but aren't all ghost people, Mike? Is that how we're going to judge people? <laughs> Ghosts are people too, damn it. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, okay, that's that's uh, that's the setup for this episode. So, uh, Mike, do you want to kick things off? I sure do. Uh, my number five is actually my most human of the ghosts that I've chosen, but not entirely. It is The Pirates from John Carpenter's The Fog. Talked about this movie a few times on the show before. I really love it. It stars Adrian Barbeau, and it's this this small town, and this fog rolls in, and in the fog are ghost pirates who kill people. Um, so they kind of look like people, but they're kind of gross and skeletony yeah. and all decked out like pirates and I just this is just a movie that I love and I love these ghosts because they kind of keep them shrouded in the mist but you see them just enough and I love the idea of this like ghost pirate ship you know because you always hear about like ghost ships and it's always just out on the water and it's floating around and this and that and these are pirates that come onto land and they're all piratey and they stab people and I don't know I just really enjoy them so that's my number five they're an excellent choice yeah and it's it's a it's a cracking ghost story the fog like that indeed good choice okay my number five is a uh, one you mentioned ghostbusters it's my number five is the library ghost from the beginning oh that's a good one yeah yeah uh because well she starts off as uh you know just uh, looking like a uh, well respectable old lady which wouldn't tie into what uh, to this this top five was already said but the fact once she is they do start shouting and going against what you meant to do in the library she turns into the great big yeah yeah uh, ghost but we only see her briefly for like Probably less than a minute, I suppose, but it just it sets yeah. the tone for the film. It's also very, a little bit scary, which is what you want when you you know these kids horror films, well comedy horrors. There's got to still be a few scares, which makes the kid go, "Oh my god!" and the little young ones to cry a bit. That's how it works. But okay. uh, and I think it just it just does a great thing. It just you know exactly what the film's about just from that that one ghost encounter at the very beginning. Yeah, and then right away it counters the scariness with the humor of them just running out of the library, you know, which which I think kind of relieves the tension from this scary ghost. Exactly. Yeah. They just uh, does it some great it's well put together and a great it's a great design on the ghost as well. That's my number five. A great choice. I love it. All right. Well, my number four is Bagul or Mr. Boogie from Sinister, which is kind of the the least scene of the films from that whole kind of like insidious oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. line of films that's been coming out over the past few years and this the conjuring one, all that stuff yeah 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 the conjuring all those this one it's uh, it's another bloomhouse production but it's from um it's got ethan hawk in it uh and he plays this guy who discovers this sort of ghost that plays in these like home videos and photos and stuff he keeps showing up uh, which I always think is a super creepy idea. So as he's watching like old home videos and stuff, he'll see this ghost and it kind of gets closer and closer and creepier and creepier. Yeah. I really like the movie. I think it's got a great ending. It is a one of the creepier. I find a lot of those movies, like the whole Insidious franchise, I just don't, I, they're, you know, I, they're not scary and they're not all that good. But this one I really like. Too many jump scares and lots of those ones. Yeah, right. Exactly. And they're just never as scary as they need to be. This one is super creepy. Uh, great ending, and I just love the design of the ghost because he often shows up as like a shadow or like almost like a shape on the wall. He looks sometimes like graffiti on the wall or something like that. Kind of has that yeah, look to yeah. it, real grainy. Um, I think he's very cool looking and and very creepy. So that's my number four. That's a good choice. I've not seen that one, but I do know the uh, I do know what the ghost looks like. So that's a good choice. Well, if you're looking for a movie to watch before Halloween that's scary, I do recommend that one. It is quite creepy. Okay, I might check it out. Excellent. Okay, well, my uh, number four, he's not so much creepy, but he's a little bit crazy, a little bit wacky. It's Beetlejuice. There you go. Tim Burton's 1988 film. It's Michael Keaton, as you've never seen him. And I remember when I first saw it, I was just going, is that really Michael Keaton? <laughs> I c- he couldn't figure it out because he does such a good job. The makeup spot on. Uh, he's the ghost who's there to to get rid of the uh, the humans in your house. Uh, he does a great job. You see some, I love the whole setup as well with the, the whole 
premise behind it and the, the fact when you see the afterlife world it's all offices and things like that but that's uh he's my number four yeah that's a great choice he almost made my list um just you know just kind of got edged out but you gotta love michael keaton's beetlejuice oh definitely and also a little follow-up with uh, gina davis's and uh Alec Baldwin's characters when they, they pull the faces, extend them and put their eyeballs on the fingers. And right, stuff right. Well. Yep, that's fun. Good choice. All right. Well, my number three is The Grim Reaper from Peter Jackson's The Frighteners. In his humanish form, he's played by Jake Busey, but in most of the movie, he's this black shrouded figure that moves super fast, like across rooftops and you know, and kills people and leaves a glowing number on their forehead and only Michael J. Fox can see him. Um, this is a movie we've shared our love for on, on this show many times before. Um, and I just, I love the look of his character because it's such a funny movie, but, and that's part of why comedy horrors are so hard to pull off, but the ghost looks so great and is so creepy looking and it moves so creepy looking, the way it moves so fast and everything uh, that I, I just really love it. So The Frighteners, it's a classic. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And The Grim Reaper is my number three. I totally agree with you so much that he's also my number three. Wow, look at that. We got him at the right at the same spot. Even. I know, which is very cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it's, everything you say, just it's a great, it's the way he moves mainly, which gets it, which, which gets yeah. me. And the fact yeah. it's so mysterious and he kills ghosts and humans, which is cool as well. Yep, yep. It's a nice that we both tallied up on that one. And it is, if you haven't seen The Frighteners, go watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. All right, well, my number two is a tie. Uh, it is from a movie you've already mentioned. Of course, I had to get ghosts from Ghostbusters on my list. Uh, I went in a different direction, though. I went with uh, the, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man and Slimer, um, just <laughs> because... A, I love the character so much, especially the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I just think he's so cool looking and, and funny. But I, I love how just identified with the film they've become. They're, they're sort of the, you know, the the symbols of the film. You can throw a picture up of the Slimer or the, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in any sort of form, like a cartoonish version, you know, comic book art, you know, a picture from the film, whatever, or even something that's just like a, indicative of them. And people are going to know that's Ghostbusters. So I, I love the way they've sort of become the symbols of the film. Uh, and I just, I love watching them on screen. An excellent choice. Glad they got both made it. It's funny though, the original Ghostbusters aren't actually, you don't see that many ghosts, do you? Not a ton, no. Uh, but yeah, they're all good. It's great, uh, great Except designs. for the end scene where they all kind of fly yeah, out of the city. Fine, yeah, you get yeah. quick glimpses of yeah. them. But there's only a handful that are kind of, uh, you know, have scenes. Yeah, but no, it's, uh, it's uh, good choices there. My number two is Sadako from Ring or Ringu. The Japanese uh, horror film is the one where you have the videotape, watch it seven days later, boom. And Sadako is going to come cra crawling out of your TV set and is going to kill you. Right. I just I, I just like this one because it's, she is so creepy looking. And it's the whole but it's the whole thing. You get the phone call. It's the whole setup. It's like the phone rings after you watch it. You get the call. And seven days later, and when she comes out of the TV, the first time I saw that, and you know, just the way she, and the weird way she crawls there, and the hair's always over her face and things like that. There's lots of the Japanese horror films with a similar kind of antagonist, uh, you know, the hair coming over there. Sadaku's the one which always really creeped me out, and it's just, it's just found it really creepy, and uh, it's just done so well. The grainy bit of the well, all that kind of stuff. But that's my number two. Well, my number one is almost exactly the same. It is Samara from The Ring, the American version. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I have not seen the uh, original versions, the Asian versions, uh, but yeah, yeah. I saw The Ring in theaters, and I know people people now argue about this or whatever, but it, it was, at the time, the scariest movie I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I do think that a big part of that comes from seeing it in the theaters, because it's one of those films, much like The Blair Witch Project, where everybody I know who saw it in the theaters at the time was scared to death. And yeah, people who yeah. watched it on video did not have the same reaction but 
I, I watched this movie in the theaters and I remember sleeping with my lights on for several nights afterwards. My wife and I both were like... Yeah, that's what it was like when I saw Ringu. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the same, just like you said, I love the way she moves, the way she crawls out of the TV set with the hair over her face. It's so creepy. And even still, when I see that, you know, I've, I've kind of, you know, I've kind of gotten over being scared. I don't, you know, I don't worry about it or anything anymore. But still, when I see her creeping out of that TV set, it is like, ooh. That's creepy, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's not necessarily my favorite horror movie, even though I do think it's one of the scarier movies that I've seen, um, at least at the time it was, that experience it was. But I do think as far as just a great movie ghost goes, boy, they managed to make her super, super creepy. And that's really impressive. Definitely. So that's my number one is Samara from The Ring, which is obviously it's very much, you know, directly inspired by the Ringu movies. Yeah, well, that's, that's cool. That's cool that we both got the same the same basic ghost in there as well, number yeah, two. Yeah, uh, Okay, but my number one has been in many different v- films, but it's The Spirit of Christmas Future or The Spirit of Christmas Yet to Come, Yet to Be, oh, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But, you know, Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. It's got lots of ghosts in it, but it's the uh, it's always whenever the ghost of Christmas Future appears, that's when it gets creepy because it's usually a grim reaper or it never speaks. It just points and it just shows you your future and if you're a bad person that's going to be a dark future but it's just it's a ghost for all for all ages but it's really creepy and i always like it you always know you always know the story so well but you always know that the ghost of christmas yet to be is going to be there at some point and you just you're basically waiting for it to turn up and see what it's going to look like even in scrooged it's really creepy yeah yeah uh, and it's just but it's i just think it's had very uh, many different incarnations but it's always that basic thing in a cloak and just pointing and not saying anything. And you just let your imagination go wild at what's actually there. Right. And that's my number one. That's a really good choice. I like that. You know, I, I, I looked at the Dickens ghosts and I kind of dismissed them out of hand. But I didn't think about the fact that you're right, that that, that ghost of Christmas future is always the one where things get dark and creepy. And you're like, oh, man, here we go. Yeah. You just you always know? know that last bit when it happens. And it's usually uh, Scrooge turns around and it's just there. And it just stands yeah. there looking at you. And I think that could be one of the scariest things. If, if you're out there and then suddenly this thing appears, it's just in a cloak and it's about eight foot tall. And it just stands there and slowly raises its arm and points you're going to need to change your pants because <laughs> yep. yeah that's it probably even more though if you just like this this ghoul looking thing when you know started running towards you it's just going to be a different kind of scariness but it's uh that's my number one i like it i like it it's got the, it's got the scary factor and the existential dread to it so yeah. that's, a, that's a twofer and christmas <laughs> right right <laughs> but that's yeah that's it all right, well, that's uh, 10 great ghosts and a lot of really good movies. Again, some some fun ones to revisit if you are looking for horror movies at this time of year. Uh, but that's going to wrap up uh, this episode for us. I hope you enjoyed hearing about some, some spooky specters. <laughs> I can always count on you, Phil. I love it. Well, I didn't, right. didn't do anything. What? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. See? What happened, Mike? What did you hear? You got Phil. <laughs> All right, well, creepy stuff aside, it's time for us to move along. So, uh, as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Testing, testing. Still good. Check one, check two. Nothing should have changed since we recorded five minutes ago. Everything's changed, Mike. (laughs) So deep, Phil. The world has moved through space however many thousands of miles since we last spoke a few minutes ago constantly move them on spaceship earth thank you mr epcot (laughs) 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 so top five ghosts right yes yes yes
And let's hope we don't cause ourselves to have any ghosts because of Because that's kind of how it would start, right? It's like a podcast episode where some guy is making fun of ghosts, and then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> cut to later that night, he starts hearing strange noises, and then like three days later, his dog is dead, and his wife has left him, and, you know. That's so crazy, Mike, as if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Anyway, uh, listeners, this is Phil. Uh, we just found out, uh, I just had to record over what happened because it turns out something really bad happened to Mike. I only found out uh, a few days ago uh, since we last recorded. But while we were recording, his whole room came to life. Things were thrown at him. It turns out his house is haunted. Uh, he's currently uh, wandering the earth somewhere, but we, we don't know. We think he was possessed. But uh, now it's the end of After the Ending. Thanks for listening. <laughs> That would be kind of fun if we just then didn't air an episode for like a month. <laughs> like that was just the last thing yeah. on there. And then it just didn't air any episodes for till like the end of the year. And then be like, just kidding. Best prank ever. <laughs> Why have you got no listeners? Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Man, the things we go to to get around to a point sometimes. And then, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's as the listeners go away in droves, we're going to be like, I wonder why yeah. people, people aren't listening. <laughs> like, well, maybe because it takes us seven hours to make a point sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 who are you going to call time wasters <laughs> all you had to do was say ghostbusters five minutes ago we would have been we'd be halfway through the episode by now damn it very good choice okay well there you go so there's five great ghosts uh, a lot of good well sorry that's 10 <laughs> only only yeah. five of them were great phil sorry i'm not i'm not <laughs> counting anything on your list your list sucked yeah. mine was awesome <laughs> Yeah, no, it's going to be, fight, you know, Ghost Fight Club. Who right, will exactly. Actually, I'm picking three from my list, two from yours. The rest of them I thought were phoned in. 